Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So this is episode 157, and today's episode is with one of the most requested guests that I've had, and it's an incredible episode, and it's with Jen's Journey, or Jenny Carroll is the real name, and Jen's Journey has, has, as the name depicts is has an incredible journey for herself and it's we it's very raw and open in what and thank you so much to jenny for being so open jenny's had an incredible journey from losing 12 stone from being over in the uk and to kind of spotting a trend that was happening for herself how important the support and accountability for herself has been with her coach and her family and how what made her start documenting the page of jen of jen's journey the importance of kind of short-term achievable goals. We talk about kind of dealing with the scales and that side of things as well. We talk about how managing homeschooling uh, as well and any the importance of, of self-belief along the way that there will be blips, there will be downs, there will be, be lows and stuff, but it's important to how to pick yourself back up and how you talk about those side of things. So the next episode, uh, guys, there, this episode, should I say, is awesome. It's it's I'm, I know it's going to help a hell of a lot of people and I, I think it's 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 incredible so guys if you enjoyed the episode please do tag jenny and i up on your story hope you guys enjoyed the episode jenny how are we hi i'm good thanks shane how are you i'm good so thank you so much for coming on i know i think my clients have tried to get me to get you on probably for about six months now oh, uh, really? yeah they've been kind of get jenny on get jenny on no way. Um, so I'm super, super excited to have a chat because I know you have an incredible story and we were talking off air and we nearly forgot to press record. But I think it's it's, it's hugely important for there's so many different elements of your journey uh, that needs to be kind of spoken about. Um, and I think I'm going to let you talk about yourself. I'm going to let you kind of tell us about how you kind of go, like, what was the trigger for you to kind of start to start the journey for yourself and how the, kind of the whole Instagram page kind of came about. Okay. So just start talking. Just start talking. <laughs> okay. It's an open book. Um, so I was probably someone that was overweight my whole life. So well, I what probably wasn't. I was someone that was overweight my whole life. Um, ever since I was a really little child, I was just always the chubby one. And then I think growing up as a teenager, I was just always like the fat friend. That's how I would have seen myself. Um. <laughs> And then when I was 19, I decided to move to London. So I had always been into drama and theatre and that was what I wanted to do. So after the leave insert, my friend Aoife and I moved over to London. And it was like, looking back, I think it was definitely a bit of an escape as well. I was trying to run away from my problems and, you know, moving somewhere where nobody knows me. And it just seemed like a great idea and a fresh start. Um, And it was in many ways. I obviously got into like my theatre circle which I absolutely loved I have some like lifelong friends from that but I think that was really when like my weight started to I think I suppose get out of control because I suppose you're at that age as well where you know you have the freedom to you're making money you know you can secret as much as you want you're living on your own and I reckon in the first couple of years there I just piled on the weight I'd say I was I must have been over 20 stone, I would say, from about 20. And I was just close, getting closer and closer to 30 stone before my 30th. So um, it was easy for me to kind of hide because I was in London for nine years. So I was over there for a long time. 
And even though I was lucky that friends and family visited constantly, I still felt like they didn't have to see me. So, you know, they didn't really know what was going on. And I was just so ashamed of my size. And then when it came to Christmas time or summertime when I was coming home, that was always like a tough time. Like as much as I wanted to come home, it was just always a crappy time because I was just ashamed of myself and feeling low. And I could never just enjoy the time being at home with friends and family like I wouldn't want to go out like and obviously when I was coming home the girls would be planning a night out and I'd just be like no like I don't want to go out um and yeah it just got really really bad and then it wasn't until I had my little boy so he was nearly turning two and I think that was the real kind of moment where I was like it's not just about me anymore like people always say there's like a moment or like a picture or something that they say whereas like I just people were not allowed to take pictures of me like I don't have I think I have one photograph a full body photograph of me um and I'm or I think I'm too stoned down in it and it's the only kind of real evidence I have of to remember what I looked like because I genuinely don't if there was a photo taken of me I would be behind three people and you'd just see like my head popping up in the background so I just avoided the cameras completely. Um, so I don't have a moment like that. I avoided holidays. I think it was just having character and just knowing, you know, it's not about me anymore. You know, I need to be healthy for him. I had separated from his dad. I was moving back to Ireland and I was like, I need this fresh start and I need to be the best version of me if I'm going to be raising him alone. And I think it really freaked me out. I had a bit of a scare on hospital as well a couple of months before I moved home. And that was a little bit of a wake-up call because it was due to my weight. And I'd been relatively healthy my whole life, which is unusual because of my size. But I never, you know, thank God I never got diabetes. I never had any kind of health issues. I don't know how. Um, and then I had a really bad spout of um, acute pancreatitis. And acute gastritis and I, I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack when it was happening to me because I didn't know what it was and um, I remember the doctors were convinced they were like do you drink a lot like are you a heavy drinker and I don't drink like very very rarely and I remember like four times the same doctor came over to me he's like, like if you need to talk to someone you know about drink or alcohol and I was like I haven't had a drink in about six months and then they were like it's, it's obviously just to do with your size like you're just kind of you've destroyed it and I needed to have emergency surgery to move my pancreatitis but the hospital that I was in couldn't perform it because of my BMI was so high I had to go to a special hospital that was in like the heart of London and um I was just like yeah, yeah I'll do that and I went home and never thought about it again I never got the surgery like thank god like nothing's happened since like I'm probably could drop dead one day I don't know but it never like bothered me after that so hopefully it's fine but I think that was because I was in I was hospitalized for three days and I had to I had no family I had nobody I had to call a friend from uni who I was really close with and thank god she took character she was able to move into my apartment for the week and look after character but that was a real eye-opener you know like I think being a single parent and knowing that it was my size and my weight that was kind of put me in that position and that how that would affect character if like god forbid something did happen to me and i think then was when i really started being like this is just not about me anymore do you know i really need to get my get my life together get sorted out for character so it's cliche but i do always say like he would be probably the reason that i had the courage to do everything that i did 
Like I always talk about my, my clients about the whole thing of having a reason why. And I think bringing an emotional attachment to that why mm. is the most important thing. Because we can always yeah. say, like, I want to lose weight. But that's yeah. not a big enough why. If yeah. you have like, I want to wear a bikini. I want to wear nice clothes. Like, they're, like they are good reasons, yeah. but it's not enough to make you get up every morning and, you know, change your entire life. Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people just think those. Oh, I want to get into bikini, and as you said, it's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it's not gonna like warm the soul That's to get out of bed. It's not gonna like <laughs> in in bleak January mornings in the middle of COVID. It's not gonna get you out of bed. No. It's a little bit easier getting out for a walk now with the sun and stuff. But yeah, in relation to kind of like the support around you, because you you mentioned your friend there over in in London and stuff. How important has it been for you to have people along the journey for you, whether it be friends, family, relatives, um, or like coaches and stuff? Because I know you're working with Sean and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, that was hugely important, like a really, really, really big part of my journey. I think for so long, like I said, in England, I had cut people out. Like I was the person, you know, that would push people away. Um, people couldn't talk to me about weight because it was such a sensitive subject. And I really pushed people away. And then obviously when I had split from Carter's dad, like that whole relationship with his family, who would have been kind of my network in the UK for so long, that all ended. So I was really isolated and I was also still living there. Whereas majority of my friends and family were over here. And then obviously when you have a kid and none of my friends at the time had kids over there, you do kind of lose touch with a lot of friends. Um, just because, you know, is, your life is just so different. It's, you know, they're meeting up. We've just graduated from uni. They're meeting up to, to go for nights out. And obviously with the theatre stuff, it was always late nights, going to see shows, stuff like that. So I had to kind of miss out on that side of things. And then I suppose, you know, it's your relationships not in a bad way, but they just kind of, you lose, um, what's the word, sorry, (laughs) like you lose your connection, connection. And, um, I think then I was so lucky that even though I had been away for so long, I have like a group of friends here, a group of girls that I've been friends with since I was like, yay, hi. Like, and we have always remained close. Like there's been times when some of us have lived in Australia, New York, LA, France, Germany. We've all lived everywhere, but we've all really remained like tight. And I remember the day that I moved home and having to obviously tell them kind of what had been going on in my life for the last few years and my situation, they were obviously heartbroken because I had closed everyone off and I'd never opened up to anyone about it. Um, and from day one, like every single one of them, like really were there for me. And I genuinely don't think, and I, I, I find that hard sometimes when I'm talking to people on Instagram about weight loss, because not everyone is lucky enough to have that. Like even the support of my family, like everyone went above and, be, above and beyond for me and making sure, you know, like there was times where I was probably difficult. Like I'm sure I was difficult the first year, especially I was losing weight because I was so strict with myself and even things like going on nights out or eating out, like everyone just adapted everything to suit me. And I think when I'm talking to someone and they're like, you know, I live away or I don't have my family, I don't have friends. It is really hard because having like, I always say like with weight loss, you have to be your biggest motivator. Like nobody wants it more than you. And the only person that can do it is you. But 
having that kind of army of people and support behind you, like it does amazing things. And I like, I always like, I'm like, I'm so lucky, so, so lucky with the group of people that I have behind me. And then even in the gym, like the first day that I went into the gym, it was my friend Grace who had pushed me. You know, she was like, I'm doing PT, like just come and see how you feel. Like it will just be me, you and him. And I was like, absolutely no. Like I think I was down about three and a half, four stone at the time. But when I started the journey, I would have been in around 27 stone. So I was still fairly heavy, but um, I was absolutely petrified. And then I remember I went and I met Sean. It was like half five in the morning. Like it was absolutely freezing. I can remember it so well. I was like sitting in the car with Grace and I was like having a panic attack and she was trying to calm me down. And then we went in and I never looked back. Like I think I went back three times a week after that one session. Because in my head, I was already doubting myself before. Like I was like, I'll just do this, you know, to shut her up and... Like, I'll just say that I tried it and it didn't work for me. Like, I was already in my head accepting that I wouldn't be going back. This wouldn't be part of my routine because it's just not what I want. And it's, you know, I won't be able to do it. So I was already kind of putting that into my head. And then as soon as I met him, he was just, he was just amazing. He was so supportive. He was so incredible. He didn't make me feel like I was overweight like sometimes people unintentionally like you could walk into a room and you know that they're uncomfortable with your size or it's an issue and I remember with Sean I literally felt like I was just like my friend like he didn't see any difference he was just a coach and he was just like so let's see what you can do and he just made me do it I remember he got me to do a um what was the first exercise he got me to do I think I fell over I done one of them I couldn't even do it it was a not even a squat and maybe it was a squat. It was something anyway. And I, I literally couldn't do the exercise. And he's like, yeah, that's grand. And then he's like, right now, just jump on the bike and try. And he didn't even, you know, make a comment or yeah. And it just made me feel so comfortable. And then I just started going back. And then I've been with them nearly four years now. Like I haven't looked back. Like they've been an amazing. And there's five trainers there and every single one of them um, have like helped me and supported me like so, so much throughout the entire journey. And even I know you would probably be the same at the start. Like Sean wouldn't be the biggest fan of Slim On World. And when I started going to Sean, um, I was doing Slim On World at the time because I was, like I said, about four stone in and I was doing Slim On World. And he was like, look, personally, he was like, it's, I don't understand it. It's not for me. He said, but if you're happy right now and it's working for you, he said, and you're not, you know, it's not affecting negatively. He said, if it's working for you, he's like, I'll support it. He said, ideally, I would love when you're ready that we could move into kind of, you know, calories and macros. He said, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to decide when that is. He was like, so I'm just going to support you and you're happy and it's working. He said, but until you feel like you're not happy or you're finished, then come to me. And I think that really helped a lot because I was nervous because I knew that trainers obviously weren't the biggest fans of Slim on World. So even saying to him that I was doing it, I was a bit like, oh, he's not going to take me serious. Um, but he never did. And I lost my weight. And then I was just at a place where I was like, I actually, like I trust Sean so much. And I know he's so kind of like educating on what he does. And they all are and they're so passionate about it that I was like, they obviously know, like they're the experts. So I was like, I actually want to go for them now. And then it was such an easy transition, you know, going from Slim and World to like calorie counting. And I just never looked back after that. I think wait, there's so much in what you've just said in relation to 
in relation to kind of what Sean mentioned in that if slimming clubs are working for you, mm-hmm. by all means, go for them. And I think Sean and I would have the same ideology of I just don't like the language of sins. I don't mm-hmm. like the shaming when high five when you're down, tut tut when you're up. I just yeah. don't like that. Uh, but that's me personally. Um, yeah. And, but if and it's like working, announcing to the class, like everyone has to go sit in a circle and we all have to announce. And if you did gain weight, you'd be like, oh my God, like you'd be sitting there sweating. And everyone's like, I lost a pound. And you're like, I'm up a pound. And everyone's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and you just feel shit. But I know for some people, I know at the start for me, like for some people, I think Slim and World is more like a social club. And I think a lot of people that go maybe you're a little bit older and it's just their weekly social catch up. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's fine and it's great. But I think one thing that Sean and I train at the moment with Sean, but it's Sean Morris. So we'll just call him Mo. They're all Sean up there. <laughs> but um, one thing I think with Mo that I really got to understand that I don't agree with Slim and World always is the I would weigh daily. So every single morning I get up, I weigh myself, I write it down and that's it. I have a tracker with Mo that he looks at every week. And a lot of people would be like to me, that's really obsessive. Like you're weighing yourself every blah, blah. And I'm like, but it's only a negative if the weighing scale is negative to you. And I think that people need to remember that. Like I totally understand that weighing scales can be a trigger for some people and it can be obsessive and it can become really unhealthy. But for me, it's just a tool. Like I don't get on it and let it affect my mood. You know, that kind of way, it's literally just like a calculator. I'm just looking at it to see my progress. And then if I'm like, okay, that's not really changing much. I need to change. Well, I need to ask Mo what to change so that I can see it going what way I want it to go, do you know? And then I will use it that way. I mean, if it was something that I felt was triggering to me, I probably wouldn't weigh myself. Because even now, I, Mo only said to me last week, he's like, I think next month we're going to do a month where we don't weigh. And I was a bit like, well, and then I was like, maybe I rely on it too much. He was like, no, but I think you should trust yourself enough to know now what you need to be doing that I wouldn't have an effect on the scales. Whereas... I'm going off track, sorry. So my whole point was that weighing myself daily made me see, like what we were saying as well before with the whole thing, um, especially with women and fluctuating and bloating on the time of the month, I could wake up, like two weeks ago, I woke up one day and I was 2.4 kilos heavier. Now when I gain or like when my body fluctuates, it does be a lot. Like I can go up four kilos in two or three days, which is like over half a stone, but I just fluctuate in big amounts. But I remember that's when I kind of was like, with Slim and World, if you're weighing once a week, like you could just weigh yourself on the day that you're a little bit heavier. Like had you have weighed the day before or the next day, you could have been two pounds down. But the day and the time that you weigh with them, you're a pound up. Whereas if you had looked at your weight for the whole week, you'd see actually overall I was down. But then when you're like, oh, I was up a pound. Like I'm, I feel shit, I did it wrong. I'm just going to try better. And I think that's the bit that I don't agree with and I think is hard to kind of and like some Slim and World clubs weigh at half eight in the evening I never got that I always did an early class like if I weighed myself at half eight tonight I'd probably be three kilos heavier than I was when I first woke up yeah and I think a lot lot, and from experience with clients from who have gone come from Slim World clubs is they would probably starve themselves for the day be faint for the whole day to step on a piece of plastic I knew girls in work that would do that they'd have their um, Slim and World class after work so all that day and work they might have a cup of soup or they might have something and then I'm like but you're just starving yourself for one day every week like that's not you know an accurate as you know it's I don't know it's just yeah 
I feel like after moving away from it, I always feel like I bash them and we're all down. People think I absolutely hate it and I don't. I just think, like you said, some of the language, like the sins, and then also I don't think they educate you whatsoever on nutrition. No, they don't. They just have four labels and it's like healthy, extra, speed, free and sin. And that's all you need to know to lose weight. Whereas there's people then that's losing weight by just eating bowls of pasta. There's not a lot of nutrition if you're solely eating that kind of food. And I, I don't know, I just think they need to they need to invest more in educating people in nutrition and not just those four labels. It's I think a, that's where they really, really kind of suffer. It's a business model. And that's the business model in that they want people in, they want people continuous. Yeah. So why would they educate if you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and I mean, that's why I started it because it's simplified. It's so simple. I was struggling so much that I was like, this is easy. I just need to remember free speed, healthy extra and sin. And I can manage it that way. I don't need to be, you know, weighing stuff and doing this and blah, blah. And I think because it's so simplified, that's what works or that's what sells for some people in the beginning. But then eventually it just doesn't, it stops working, I think. But it got you to a point and it got, and, and, and that's the important part of it. Like it got you to a point where you're kind of like, right, this has been the first chapter. Now I need mm-hmm. to go on to the next chapter, which is potentially bringing in the weights and stuff. But you yeah. mentioned there about the scales and the education that was provided to you and what the fluctuations, like I've had clients of like on the week of go up by 13 pounds on on, yeah. the, on the week off so it, it's huge and uh, some girls yeah. won't go up some girls yeah. will go down it, it, it it's depending on the person but if you're stepping on front of a scales or stepping on a piece of plastic it's your relationship with gravity yeah it's not it. you yeah. have to look at your relationship with you like if you're going on to it with the shithead space you haven't slept your potential it's the stuff going on at home or whatever it may be and you're stepping on a piece of plastic to tell you how to feel you yeah. have to look a little bit more internal and it's not an exactly. easy relationship because lads do struggle with it as well. Lads can struggle with it when the scales isn't necessarily going up. Up, yeah. And also down, depending mm. on the relationship with it. But yeah, how did you kind of change the shift from, well, that's the scales to disassociating it from like a body image thing? Or was that ever like a thing for it? <laughs> It, I mean, it would. I mean, it's def- it's still something I struggle with. It's definitely something I struggle with hugely. And I mean, if Mo was listening to this, he'd probably be thinking, Jen, you're making it out like you have this fantastic relationship. And he knows that I have days where I'd really struggle. And he will do like, you know, our weekly check-ins and we'll be back and forth a lot with voice notes. And I only said to him last week, because like, I feel like every time or every week I send a voice note, it's always actually about the scales, the number. And I said, maybe I am starting to get obsessive again, because for a long time I wasn't. Um, And I was saying, I just think I had went through a phase after Christmas where obviously weight is like a topic that a lot of people are talking, you know, after Christmas, I want to lose weight. And I was talking to a lot of friends and they were all talking about what they weigh. And I was like, I was like, I am so much heavier than all of my friends. I was like, like huge. Like, and I'm talking like four or five stone. I was like, I thought I was like, cause I could be the same size and clothes as them, but I'm four stone heavier than them. And I was like, this is starting to play out my head. I was like, why am I? And then he was like showing me, you know, he did the in body. I don't know if that's like, uh, you know, one of those scales that yeah. like measure everything. And he was like, you know, your muscle mass is way over 30%. He said, like, that's a lot for a girl, he said. And that's you after not training, you know, having like my Christmas holiday or whatever it was. He said, your muscle mass is way over 30%. He said, a lot of girls would kind of be the lower end of 20. 
And then he really started getting me to look at like my body fat was going down. My muscle was going up. Now I know that your weight, it's not going to change hugely. He said, but even though you weigh heavier, he said, you have so much muscle that you would weigh heavier. And he said, like, you'll probably never be a girl that's like, you know, 10, 11 stone. He was like, but you don't need to be. He said, your body type and your body shape um, could be two or three stone heavier than your friend, but you look the exact same. Yeah, I think that's... And that's huge. And that like muscle, one kg of muscle and one kg of fat are still one kg. Yeah. It, it just takes up diff- different body compositions in the actual body. Yeah. And I think one of the things that like my clients are going to listen to this right away and they're going to know, know what's coming. You don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos. You go into a yeah. shop by how you feel in clothes or by a yeah. certain size. So we have to measure that and look at that as a better metric than or progress pictures. Like one of my clients has been with me for ages this morning. She's like, she's probably half a stone difference in her body composition, but she's got quads for days now. Like, yeah. And it's just that's like, the thing, yeah. and that's the two comparisons. Like take mm-hmm. your progress pictures. How did you get your head around? That's the, the thing. Yeah, the pictures. Yeah. They help a lot. And that's what he would, he was even saying the other week where he was like, like, look at the photos. He'd taken photographs of me the last time we were in the gym. So probably it was what, couple months before Christmas um, obviously took photos when I didn't know he was taking photos and then when I seen them I was like oh my god and then he was like even compared to now he said and this isn't even I'm not doing like I wouldn't normally do hardcore training but I'm not training as much as I would if we were in the gym five days a week so I'm kind of I cut it back and I'm just doing three classes a week and that's what keeps me happy at the moment um, and he was saying like your number on the scales may have only gone down a few pounds or a couple of kilos he was like but you like the difference in it and then when I looked at the in-body and I'd seen how much my body fat had gone down <clears throat> and my muscle increased and it's just things like that and he was like that he was like I know it's so easy to say you know it's just a number on the scales and don't compare because I still see myself <clears throat> I think I'm just more aware of catching myself when I start thinking that way or being like why am I thinking about the number on the scale so much? Or why am I comparing myself to them? When like deep down, I know that I probably always will weigh heavier because I just naturally have a lot more muscle than most of my friends. You know, that kind of way, like I, I'm heavier in muscle and stuff, but I would have a different shape to my friends, you know, that kind of way. But it's just so easy, I think, especially for women. And I know men experience it as well, but women, you know, to compare and, you know, when you hear even... I'm not so bad with sizes and clothes because even with the scales now, I feel like, and like you said a minute ago, it's more like when I go into a shop, like I could go into one shop and get something in a 10 to 12 and then you go into another shop when you're a 14 to 16. But like that doesn't ever bother me. Like it would never bother me wearing bigger sizes because I just, you know, I like how I feel in the clothes or I like that. And I think I'm just trying to get to that point with the scales where I completely doesn't bother me I think I have like I've come a long way but I do still find myself where I'll catch myself and be like oh you know I'm thinking of that wrong but I just I think I'm so much more aware and I do find for me now the scales is just a tool it just really helps me see my progress and I kind of that's what that's where I want to be with it um so yeah I think that was a big big milestone but like I always say with weight loss especially massive weight loss it is like the the mental side of things that I struggled with the most, you know, the mindset, the self-talk. And that was definitely the part that I struggled with. I'm still struggling with the most, I would say, to just losing the weight, which was obviously hard work. But just, you know, how you see yourself, how you talk to yourself, 
catching yourself. But I think I have come a long way again, but I think it's just remembering to catch yourself. I don't think anyone's perfect. I think it's natural to compare and, you know, have that self-doubt sometimes, but it's just knowing like if it was really affecting me, I think that's when I would know, okay, it's an issue and maybe I would stop weighing myself for a little while or I would feel like, okay, it's obviously having a negative impact on my mental health and I don't like that. So I'd figure out a way to work without it. But um, but I definitely, I think a lot of people as well that I've spoken have lost a lot of weight. That's something that a lot of people say too. It's that kind of change in your mindset and that side of things. It's definitely the biggest struggle. What what do you say to yourself when you catch yourself in relation to, so say if you, not even with the scales, but say if you're having a day where you have, maybe haven't slept or you're having like, we're just having one of those days. Everyone has one of those days. Yeah. And you say you spot yourself in the mirror or you spot yourself doing something. Yeah. What do you say to you? Is there one thing you go to or is it just like, cop on, Jenny? I think it's just more cop on. It does just be a little bit of both. Like I do, I would always try to kind of remind myself and something as well that Mo taught me as well with diet and stuff like that. Like obviously to be consistent and stuff, he was like, but he was like, life doesn't go like this. You know, you don't just wake yeah. up and every day is the same. Everything else. He said like, your life is like this. And he said, so your diet and your lifestyle will be like this. He said, so you're definitely going to have days that are up and down. And I think I've gotten better some days where, like you said, if I was really tired or I was having a bad day in work and I find that maybe I'm just randomly going, getting a big bar of chocolate that I wouldn't normally do and having it. Sometimes I will just be like, no, like I'm letting myself because I feel I want this right now and that's fine. But I think just catching and being aware of it and just knowing, like not, like I feel like I would notice the habits that I would fall back into quite quickly. Yeah. Do you know, I noticed like my, one of my big things would be the secret eating. And I noticed after Christmas, I was starting to do that. And at first I didn't notice for a little while that I was starting to do it. And then when I realized I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, like I had let this slip for a little while. Um, and I just became aware of it. And I think it's just a whole thing of acknowledging, like not beating myself up because I'm only human and I'm never going to be perfect, you know, 100% of the time. So once I catch myself, I'm aware of it. And I just try my best then because I don't want to go back there. So I just make a real kind of con- conscious effort. Um, and I journal a good bit. Like I would write a lot. So sometimes I find that helps a lot. I know like not everyone would be into that, but I do find writing stuff down sometimes that really helps me you know, really putting down what's in my head at that time, letting it all out. And then I kind of move on, you know, I've kind of had my, my say or I've had my wobble. Yeah. And I release and then I just move on and it's usually the next day is a great day, but like every day isn't a great day, you know, that, and I think some people think when you're, when you're on a diet, like it's like, it's that whole thing of having one bad day and then being like, feck it and like throw the towel in and you know, well, I've ruined the whole weekend. What's the point in trying? And that's just the most common habit. I suppose most people fall into like that trap but it's just kind of reminding yourself, you know, if I had like four days over the weekend and it led into my interest, they were crap. I'm like, okay, so I had four crap days. There's 30 days in the month, like, you know, yeah, 26 exactly. days would be good. So it's when you look at the week and you're like half the week was shit, but when you look at the month, you're like five days out of 30 days is not bad at all. So I always try to look at it that way, like the bigger picture. 
I think what, what you said there about like regarding kind of like a few bad days, it's kind of like the analogy of if you get a puncture on your car and one tire goes flat, you don't puncture yeah. the other three. Exactly. Because otherwise you're Just going sabotage nowhere. Sabotage them all, yeah. Yeah, you're not going anywhere if you puncture all of them. We exactly. also mentioned about like life is like ups and downs, it's like a heart rate monitor. There's going to be downs, yeah. it's going to be ups, exactly. but you're better off trying to stay a little bit steadier and it's being prepared for those little downs and ups. Um, and I think that's a, a massive thing. You talk about kind of setting short-term achievable goals and stuff along your way. How important has that been for you? And that, was that something that Mo and Sean brought in or was that always the thing that you've had, whether it be career, life, all that side of stuff, or was that something brand new to you since you started doing this? It would have been a little bit of both. I think when I very, very first started, I was setting maybe more long-term goals. And I think maybe that Sean and Mo had kind of been like, that's great. And obviously we all should have them and they really help. But they're like, but also, you know, small and achievable ones along the way are also important to celebrate as well. Like little things and milestones that I probably would have missed. Like I think at the start of my journey when I was like, okay, I want to lose... I mean, I never really said to myself, I want to lose 10 stone because in my head that was like unachievable. But I had said things like, oh, by Christmas, you know, I'd love to be down four stone. And I remember when I started with Sean, it was around November, October, November. And I was coming up to the month and I was like, oh, I'm only a few pounds away from whatever. And I really want to hit it. And he was like, yeah, but you're after losing four stone. He was like, like, that's incredible. He was like in the last six months and you know, you've achieved that. You've started training three days a week. You're starting to walk. You're starting, you know, and he then started to list other things that I probably in my head hadn't have even you know, thought of as achievements. I was just so focused on the long-term goal that I was forgetting stuff along the way. And I think then I was kind of like, yeah, like that's true. So it does help me. And I think, I think having your end goals and your big goals, like the dreams are so important, but I think it's also important to set like really achievable ones. Do you know, ones that like, not to be like, okay, I want to lose five pounds this month because there's a big kind of chance that that might not happen. And then you'll feel shit. Like you get to the end when you didn't lose the five pounds, you're like, right, well, I failed. Do you know that kind of way? So doing things like I really want to, increase my water intake this week or like I'm really bad with sleep so I'm always like checking my Fitbit and I'm always like I want to try get over 80% five days a week with my sleep and I want to make an effort to do that or like I want to make an effort you know twice a week that I'll go for like a long walk with character things that I know are 100% achievable that I can do and just little goals like that but I do think they really help because it just shows you the more you set and the more things you introduce they slowly become habits and you realize like what you're capable of you know things that maybe you wouldn't have probably made part of your lifestyle. Like I'd start, I think at the beginning of my journey, I made water a thing because I was really bad at drinking water. And I was like, even if I just aim for two or three glasses a day and then I slowly increased it. And like for the last three or four years now, that's just a part of my day that I don't think about. You know what I mean? Like I'll just, I have my water and it's something that eight, like years ago, I'd be delighted if I knew I was doing that now. But at the time I wasn't celebrating it. And like now it's just part of my life. But just little things that are achievable that, you know, you don't want to be disappointing yourself if you're like, right, I want to lose two stone in two months. And that's always your goal. Because you know, if that doesn't happen, I think that can have a negative effect as well. Yeah, I think like, if someone has like, it also depends on the person where they're at, like if they have a fairly decent amount of weight to lose, you're better off, say, focusing on like the first pound rather yeah. than going Pounds. for 30 kg or whatever it yeah. may be. 
because if you're saying to yourself every month i'm going to lose four kg and you don't really get to the goal you're better off looking at the systems that you have in place if there are any systems and a lot of people yeah. just think like oh, i'm going to cut out carbs i'm going to cut out chocolate i'm going to cut out alcohol i'm going to cut out off all, all food and just yeah. eat on grass and then you're like well that's not a way to to live because most people go yeah, to this magic number of 1200 Mm-hmm. and yeah. if I had hair I would have been pulled out by now with that 1200 <laughs> that's like Mo is like I think he wouldn't allow I mean I, I don't know 100% but like 1600 would be the lowest like lowest yeah. that he would kind of be letting me go 1600 and I know he was like I don't think I have clients that would ever be below ever 15 he said and they'd have to be very tiny or something yeah. if they were having that but he was like 1200 is probably like what character should be having like my child like yeah three or four year olds yeah he was like so when someone's coming to me and like we did an Instagram live two weeks ago and a girl wrote to us and she was like, my PT has me on 850. And he was like, you need to report them. He was like, he was like, that is not like safe at all. I was like, 800, like my dinner is usually about six or 700 calories. Like I was like, 800 calories is basically like a soup diet or something. But now I think that what you said a second ago as well is so true with the when you have a massive amount to lose like because I think it can be really disheartening when you so overall I'd lost 12 stone but I think at the start of my journey if I had have said that you know every day waking up being like right I have to lose 12 stone it's just such a big number and even when you lose three or four even though that's great you'd be like all right I still have another eight stone to go or I still have another nine stone so I think setting much more smaller achievable ones is so much better when it's a huge weight loss like you could say you know in three years I'd love to be down 10 stone but I don't think um I don't know, it's hard to focus on a big number, I think, with that. I just feel like a lot of people do that. And I think that was one thing I didn't do, which I think helped me a lot. I was never like, right, I'm setting out to lose 12 stone. It was just kind of like, I'm doing what I can do today and hopefully I'll get results. And then I kind of just seen it come down. I think, like, as you said, you've mentioned the C word, which is consistency, which a lot of people don't really like the word. And I think if you can say lose... Depend, also depends on where that person's at but if you can lose half a pound a week for, for 52 weeks that's 26 pounds down rather yeah. than trying to lose 4kg in one month and then put it yeah. all back up I think a lot of people do struggle with that you mentioned like the DMs and Instagram how do you cope with the DMs and stuff and get asked questions is there any anywhere a point that you're kind of like I can't give you the advice or advice, talk to someone yeah. all that kind of stuff because it's not easy to give like yeah. and if anyone gives out sweeping advice it's kind of like it's like doctors it's the famous two sentence two words it depends yeah and it is i mean it's it's definitely something that i struggle with i think obviously the bigger i suppose the instagram page got obviously the higher volume of like messages coming through but obviously i work full-time i'm a single mom do you know, and I, I really, really struggle with my messages. It's one thing I feel awful about because sometimes I think people will send you a message on Instagram when they kind of feel like maybe they have no one else to speak to or they're not brave enough to speak to someone else. And even though I'm a stranger, they have that kind of rapport because maybe they watch me every day or they follow me. And sometimes it's just easier for people to open up to strangers. And sometimes I might go into a message that was from like, do you know, weeks and weeks ago or I didn't reply to someone from weeks ago and I feel awful so I definitely do I really struggle with the Instagram messages like that's something hard and it's because people send such vulnerable messages and sometimes you can read a message and you can just 
tell from reading it that they're in a low place or they're really broken. And I really have to be careful then about how I handle it and how I respond because I could say one thing to them or one word and my message could stand out and they latch onto that or yeah. it triggers something. And I'd be so worried. I never, ever, ever give out calorie advice. I would probably direct them towards James Smith because he probably the closest I could think of the his calculator for calories would be more accurate than like my fitness pal or whatever. Um, but I would always say like, I know it's not what you want to hear all the time, but invest in, in a trainer and somebody who is like, this is their job. Do you know, like if you need a car or you need, you know, you're going for mortgage, you go to the bank because the professionals know what to do. Like you go to your car breaks down. Like you don't just, you know, ask a neighbor to try sort it out. Like you go to the car shop because they know what they're doing. And I'm like, it took me a long time to understand that, but it's, you know, it's an investment back into yourself. Like you're never going to regret, you know, spending money on the, like, I don't think you do. Like if you, obviously you need to commit, like I understand people, you know, pay for like a membership and like fly fit and they probably don't go. That is obviously like not an investment. But I mean, as in if you're paying for a coach that you're speaking to and, you know, definitely do background checks I think there's a lot of people especially on Instagram out there you know that are PTs and they may have just done you know a four-week course online and they're insta PTs and they might have a big following and you'll see like oh well they have you know 5,000 followers they must or they have these mad before and after pictures like they definitely know what they're doing definitely were research and and like checking their kind of credentials and stuff but I do think it's such an investment and you'll know from the way like if you sign up to someone and they're just like okay right yeah here's a six-week meal plan like you know, that's not you. I think you would know then probably that's not great. But I think for some people, they don't and they will follow these kind of plans. And I think that's the hard bit with Instagram is like people with this kind of stuff, because like we were saying before, like weight loss is always going to be a market. You know, there's always going to be a, a consumer, like from a consumer's aspect, like there's always going to be people that want to lose weight and there's always going to be people willing to throw money at something that claims that they will fix this for them. So when you see these kind of things on Instagram, but I just think investing in a trainer, usually word of mouth, I think is a good way to go with trainers and stuff like that. Word of mouth is a great way. Um, like if you start seeing someone who's educating you on what you need to be doing, you know, to better your lifestyle, what changes that you can make that will actually work, like that is an investment and you're not going to regret like, oh, I wish I didn't see him for six weeks and educate myself or I wish I didn't train those three days a week. You know, it's money well spent. And I think once you do start investing in it, like nine times out of ten people realize that and it's like paying your monthly membership or whatever, it's not even an issue because it's such an investment. It's just like paying for like, you wouldn't think twice about paying for car insurance is the kind of way that I would see it, you know, that way. And I know some people don't get that, but I'm like, I wouldn't be like, I don't think I'd be where I was today if it wasn't for having like B2B and those trainers and like the education that I have and even the relationship that I have, like I said, with the scales and with food and all that kind of stuff, even the way I think about my lifestyle now is so different compared to when I was just doing the Slimming World and the goal was just every week, Tuesday, down a pound, I need to be down a pound, I need to be down a pound, you know, I'll eat more more veggie and I'll just get there. And you know, that kind of way, I think when you have someone who really has a passion for it and is so educated in it, it just rubs off on you like and you just you and you just gain so much from it. 
I think what you mentioned there about kind of doing your due diligence, because it's kind of like when you go for a mortgage or you're you're buying something or you're, you're like you're getting car insurance, which is the thing that most people would have is you kind of shop around and you kind of see what the price is, but don't always base something on a price. Like obviously this, yeah. the financial times are different for everyone at the minute. Yeah. It's a massive conscious thing as well. But if the per- and you've mentioned the 850 calories that that person was on, mm-hmm. like that's... And that was from, that was something a trainer gave her. Cause I was like, did you get that from my fitness pal? And she was like, no, no. Like my trainer gave it to me. And I was like, well, yeah, what's I, his I, name? I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's... It's very, it's very easy to get caught up when like, oh, that's 850 calories. That means I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z at this rate, blah, 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 blah. But you also have to think of it like you've tried the gimmicks. You've tried this, this, the marketing stuff. And marketing isn't going to go away. Yeah. Weight loss is such an emotional thing that the marketing that's that's aimed at people is aimed to get like a trigger, to get like an emotion. Yeah. But you're better off saying, right, I'm going to have, do your shopping around on social media or look at their websites, look at the transformations. And I always sometimes like I have my client interviews on the podcast. And I know okay, some yeah. people have messaged my clients afterwards. Afterwards saying, like, what was yeah. the approach? What have they done? And as you said, word of mouth then creeps in. Yeah. And it's kind of like, but do your due diligence. Like, look at what they've done. Was it a six week thing that they got like a six pack? Do they look miserable in the photo? Do like do, yeah. do or do, can you see the soul gone from their eyes? I've done the crash diet. I lost the soul from my eyes. Yeah. Um, and that's a massive thing. Like, is the person genuinely happy in the photo? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. And like you even said there, if they're still looking, because there is always a market, if they're still looking, it's because they know the other things don't work. Yeah. So you can throw your money into all these things, but at the end of the day, you're still looking for an answer because what you tried, all the crash diets or the courses or the shakes, I've done everything, you know, that kind of way. They didn't work and you're yeah. still looking. It's like insanity. It's the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's the thing. And the thing I think as well, my trainers are such a big deal that they're like, what's so sad about it is it's literally calories in versus calorie out. And there's so many ways to sell that. There's so many ways to put a label on that. There's so many ways to, you know, make people buy into that. They're like, well, at the end of the day, all they need to know is how many calories they need to be having a day, you know, compared to, I suppose, their lifestyle, their activists and all that stuff. And if they just follow that, they'll get the results. It's so simple, but it's also not because in today's world there's like a million different ways of labeling that and selling it to someone that I think it can be so overwhelming and so confusing as to like well why are some people doing keto or the keto I know this but why some people are doing that and they're having incredible results or like some people do the shakes and they have incredible I remember doing the shakes I think when I was 18 I was just after doing my leave insert and I was like, there was a chemist down in Kilnamana and I was like, they had these shakes. I think they were 120 euro for like a week's work. And you go in to the chemist and they weighed me and measured me. I handed over the money and then they gave me these shakes. And I remember like, I don't think I got through the week now in fairness, but all I did, like I remember crying and everything. Like I was going to bed crying because I was so hungry. And, like I was 18. Do you I didn't even tell my mom and dad I was doing it. And, um, That's a I chemist. That was a chemist. It was a proper chemist. It wasn't even like Boots or, you know, a Slim Fast. It was literally a chemist that had this program. Now, this would have been what, I'm 31, so like 13 years ago, but still. And I had heard of that from word of mouth from someone. 
at the time and I was like but she got great results like and then I went back a week later and I was like oh like well I am down 11 pounds then I told my mom she was like because you're fucking a water for a week she was like of course you're down a stone like you've literally been having powder and water I think I was slyly um like sneaking crackers and biscuits every now and again because I genuinely was so weak and I was probably about 19 20 stone like I'm probably consuming I don't know those calories or those drinks are probably like 100 calories or something each like for the size I was like I'm the calories I would have needed to survive and like for them to allow someone like and I would have went to collect those in my school uniform now I was 18 but still I was like it's just when I think about it now I think I'm having a child like thinking of character being able to walk into a chemist you know from school handing over this crazy money to get like I don't know it's just it's dangerous but I mean that's the thing there's so many things and once you see someone with positive results like I would just be like sold, you know, if, if, if that's the results, like I'm willing to do anything, like take whatever money. I think that's what they always say, back to basics. And obviously even the name, like back to basics, yeah. it's just, it's so simple and it's not about all of that. And, you know, put whatever label you want on, but it's really just about consistency and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, you know, and you don't need the fanciest gym in the world. You don't need all the crazy equipment. Like most of our exercises that we would do, there are a couple of machines there, but most of our exercises would be without machines. You know, we'd use a lot of weights, I suppose. But like, you don't need crazy machines. You don't need shakes. You don't need diet. Like you said earlier, you don't need to be cutting any foods out. You know, you don't need to be cutting carbs out, cutting sugars out. It's just obviously learning and educating. And I think that's when it's like, you need to invest in a good PT for yeah. those kind of results. Is that pharmacy still there? Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> and I think I said the name of the place. Maybe you could cut the sugar <laughs> I think it's definitely there. I don't know if it's the same pharmacy, but there's definitely it's still the there, still a unit still there. there. Um, you mentioned there about kind of like that weight loss. It, like the science, there's no denying, well, there is some idiots over in America, but denying the science is like calories in, calories out. But I think yeah. there's a hell of a lot more to it in the, the bigger spectrum of like, like psychology, physiology, um, mm-hmm behaviors habits all yeah. that kind of stuff which i think a lot of people don't really realize in relation because like if i if i was to put up an ad right now saying i'm going to change your habits in 12 weeks people we won't buy it but i yeah. was like here's someone sucking looks like they're sucking on a lemon starving to death on in a yeah. progress photo people will click it yeah but that's the, that's the thing and the, the industry has a lot to to uh to answer for unfortunately and it's not a yeah. nice it's not a nice industry how how important for yourself has kind of like been the whole element of like self-belief and not kind of listening to the fear because you spoke about the fear of kind of when you first started out with with btb in relation yeah. to being in the car at like half five in the morning and that's from being a pt at that hour you're tired already before you go in um, yeah. <laughs> how is the how important has been self-belief in yourself and how do you talk yourself out of those lows to kind of write i actually just need to show up for jenny today yeah i think it's just like what we said a while ago it was it was consistency it was just really being consistent and just showing up um i definitely noticed when i haven't because i would still definitely have days like there were times when my alarm would go off you know at five and i just be like i just i can't face it today and that's normal but it wouldn't be something that i would allow to happen very regular if you know what i mean because as soon as I get up and I go, I always feel better. Whereas if I'm like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to be dealing with this right now. And I snooze it. I kind of find then for the rest of the day, it might have a bit of an impact. Or like if I see, if I'm going through a phase of like, say, self-doubt. Or like I was saying, when if I was secret eating or something. 
it's not just in those moments. I feel like I notice it's my whole kind of head for the day, my mood for the day. It affects a lot more than just that moment. So I think it's just, it's hard. It's like when people say to you, like, how do you stay so motivated? Or like, can you tell me how to get motivated type thing? And I'm always like, I like I can't answer that. I don't know. It's just from what I've learned, it's just consistency and habit and like I enjoy it now it's a part of my life I know how much happier I am when I do these things than when I don't do these things so yeah I could go through a phase for a week or two where I don't want to die I don't want to go to the gym I don't want to do anything but I know at the end of that week I won't be feeling as good as I would if I did the things that make me feel better and like sometimes they are harder to do like even you as a PT getting up a half five it's not the easiest thing in the world to do but I know the benefits of it. And I know how happier I am, how better myself I feel. And like, I know how much I want, or I know how much I don't want to go back to where I was. And like, I know how much I want to get to where I want to be. And like, these are just the little things that you have to do. Do you know, like, it's not just going to happen overnight and it's not just going to be something that will be easy. Like anything that you kind of want, as cheesy as that sounds like, you kind of, you have to put work in. And the only way I think is just being consistent, even on the days where you don't want to be consistent, you know, you just show up. And I always say that to people when they're like, oh, about to get up for the gym. Like, when have you ever gotten up early for the gym and then really regretted it afterwards and yeah. been like, I just wish it's I stayed in bed. Though. People are like, like, you're lying to me. Yeah, and being like, no, I really like wish I just stayed in bed today and got up late. Like, yeah. I would have felt so much better on myself. Like, obviously, if there was a week where I was completely sleep deprived and I was like, okay, at the moment today, I think sleep is more important than a workout session, then I would 100% go for the extra two or three hours sleep. But that doesn't really really like that would never really happen. But like, if that was something you were doing once or twice a week where you're like, no, like my sleep's more important today. I think that's when you know that's it's okay too. Like, than not, yeah. <laughs> that's okay too. Uh, yeah. how, have you, how have you managed the homeschooling? Because like anyone who's homeschooling right now deserves a medal and deserves oh, like... I didn't handle it. <laughs> I didn't handle it at all. <laughs> I actually, I'm like on cloud nine since last week. I'm actually taking him to McDonald's today as a treat because I'm just so happy and he never... <laughs> He never gets, I'm not a McDonald's mom. Um, but even last night, it was randomly like, you've been so good. Like, let's go. And I said it to him yesterday. I was like, how have you found your first week back? And he was like, it's been great. Like my moon tour doesn't give me as much work as you. And I was like, Ooh. he was giving me that work to give to you. But um, it's just, it's his attitude and his whole mood has completely changed it was just so hard and obviously I work full-time but we live with my mom and dad so luckily my mom is here with Carter so he goes to an Irish school and I went to an Irish school so my Irish would be quite good but my mom's wouldn't and like a little thing bath for her she was struggling with so then I'd be coming in from work trying to get him to do it at like six in the evening he'd be exhausted it was an absolute nightmare like it was really hard I don't think we've argued as much as we did in those last couple of months but um but even yeah his attitude and I think it was just so important to like um mixing with his peers like that's what they need at that age like he's only five he's six in May so he's young but I think it was just that interaction and the routine and stuff. I tried my best to keep routine with the homeschooling, but like 
I don't think anyone did. Like we only did what we could do. Do you know what I mean? I have like a newfound respect for teachers, especially primary school teachers. I'm just like, I could like imagine 20 of character in a classroom and trying to get them all to just sit down and shut up. Like, I just, oh God, I couldn't. I, 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 from, from coaching a few teachers, I'm kind of like, how do you guys do this on yeah. a daily basis? I you don't get paid enough for this. No, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I think that's what we're realizing now. The nurses, the teachers yeah. don't get paid it, enough. No, oh, at all. Shit. And like my cousin is actually a secondary school teacher and she was saying how it's the total opposite because obviously when my little boy's teacher was doing the Zooms and there's 20 kids, you know, and like one of them is like holding their cat up, the other one is like putting their belly out and they're all doing right. And it's like, you couldn't focus. She was like, where well, I got 20 teenagers tuning in and they're not allowed to have their cameras on. She was like, so most of them probably turn over and go back to bed or they're on the PlayStation. I'm just talking to a blank screen. So then I was like, God, yeah, it's probably hard doing the older kids as well. Like for any teacher, like any kid, any age, I was just like, oh my God, they deserve like a medal. After uh, I don't know how anyone's done it. Um, I like Jenny, I, I cannot thank you enough for being so honest and open about the journey. I think there's so much there from the support, the scales, educating the scales, the slimmer clubs. Like that was it. That's a huge element of your journey and it's not knocking at all. I want to kind of say that again. Yeah, it's it's just that the, the chat, the next chapter has gone on for it. The importance of kind of body image and self image. Um, and there's, there's I'm finding a balance and that looks different to every single person that's out there. Yeah. Um, Jenny, where can people find out about your page? I don't think anyone's not heard about your page, but I'll just <laughs> give it a shout out anyway. <laughs> um, Jen's journey. <laughs> Jen, I always actually forget it's Jen's underscore journey underscore I, I need to like tattoo that on my hand because whenever someone asks me on the spot I'm like Jen's journey it used to be Jen's journey 89 and then it changed it's Jen's underscore journey underscore IE did you feel a pressure starting the page no not at all I started it in complete secret I started in January um 2019 um Jesus got a massive following in two years yeah so three years and um I started in secret I just was literally like I want to be accountable for my meals and I want to it just really helped me so I literally just started taking three photographs a day of like my breakfast lunch and dinner and post it and then um, I just happened to have two friends that were bloggers and they happened to find out about it and they were like oh my god we have to share this and a few people actually that would have followed me when I started with Sean was Grace would have been huge on Instagram and she anytime she whipped the camera out like I was literally like disappear yeah. in a second so people I was like it's so funny seeing you now because I remember you back in the day when you would hide or like Grace wasn't allowed to post pictures of you so like I have I think it helped with my confidence a good bit talking I mean I, I set the Instagram up in January the first time I went on camera or showed a picture of myself was the June or July so I was doing it for about five or six months doing recipes and posts but like I wouldn't show my face or you know go on camera it was like it was a big secret no like uh, the page helps so many people i know like there's like what 113,000 people yeah. like it's madness just over 110 yeah it's mad and it's funny because i'd be like my recipes are so basic like my recipes but so, so but as you said nice, basically that's think, yeah that's what i think people love and i think even me being like a full-time single mom like working full-time it's like I don't have time to come home and be making, you know, fancy. Like, I mean, I love on the weekend cooking and stuff, but I think that's what works best for people. Kind of simple nutrition, but still tasty. Like it doesn't have to be broccoli, rice and chicken every day. 
Because oh, I would life die. Life if that was me. for no ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jen, thank you so much for for coming on. And uh, guys, if you've enjoyed it all, please do tag Jen and I up in your story. Leave a review up on iTunes so I can continue. And let's keep the the podcast up at number one on uh, the nutrition stuff on Apple, if at all possible. Keep the 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 other ones that are over in England away from and Slim and World off number three. Let's knock them down too. I'm after them. Um, thank you so much Jen thank you thanks a million Shane it was very chatting